The following presentation is a Barrett Sports Media production. Recognizing the unsung heroes of sports media. I'm stuck in this pit, working for less than slave wages, working on my day off. This is the Producers Podcast with Brady Farkas. I'm the executive producer. Oh, you're the executive producer. And it starts now. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. Today, we've got a great episode lined up with Keith Britton, the assistant brand manager of 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. He talks with me about going on the management track versus going on the hosting track, advice for young and new producers, and about how the Cleveland market shakes out because it's really, really interesting given where the Browns are at right now with the whole Deshaun Watson saga. How much does college football and Ohio State's prominence play into their programming? So a lot of good talk about content and content development and gaining the trust of your host. Enjoy Keith Britton of 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Keith, tell me a little bit about your background. I know you started in Columbus, I think went to Ohio State. Give me the full rundown of what led you to uh, your current position at 92.3 The Fan. Yeah, so I was in Columbus, uh, graduated from Ohio State in 2008. Um, upon uh, my junior year of college, uh, started interning at 97 on the fan in Columbus. Uh, actually worked there part time throughout my junior and senior year. Uh, and upon graduating, uh, landed a uh, gig with them with the afternoon show with uh, Bruce Hooley and Chris Spielman, and also uh, produced a show with Mike Rigardotti and Scott Torgerson there for a while. So uh, I was producing a couple shows locally there. And then in 2011, um, when this opportunity opened up and 923 The Fan uh, came about in Cleveland, uh, jumped aboard there to start the rebuild here in a sports radio station in Cleveland and uh, moved in to the afternoon spot uh, with producing and have moved up uh, both being executive producer and now assistant brand manager here at 923. You know, it's so interesting because so often, not everybody, but a lot of people's goal is to become a host. And when someone is a producer, they're figuring out, okay, how long do I have to put in until I can eventually be a host? But you've gone the way of executive producer and then onto the, the more management side of things, which is a track that'll, you know, not always, but again, largely can go ignored. Talk to me about the decision for you to go in that direction as opposed to the hosting and back to reporting direction. Yeah, when we're all younger, we all want to be on the air, you know, do play-by-play, host our own talk show. Um, and even when you start out in the industry, you think you want to do that. And the more and more I worked in the industry, I thought, you know, I really like directing and, and kind of developing talent. And that's become a passion of mine is, is finding talent and directing talent um, and kind of seeing that blossom um, from the side of things. I know there's things that I want to say on the air and every once in a while I'll hop on the air and you get uh, your five minutes of fame, I guess. But in general, I like developing talent and hearing that and seeing that uh, talent develop is, like I said, a passion of mine. Um, I think it's actually more satisfying to me myself to see other people um, having the success and developing those people than my own and I know that I can fill five minutes of talk, but I'm not the kind of guy that's going to go out there and fill four hours, five hours of a show. Um, but I, I like to find the people that can. And I think that I have a, a decent eye for talent and a decent ear for talent. And I know what good radio is. So that, in essence, I like managing people. The first time I ever produced a show, I had to have been 24 or 25 years old. And I was nervous to try to, I don't know if coach is the right word, but I was nervous to work with people that had been in the industry for 10, 15, 20 years. And why are they going to respect this young kid who's just doing this for the first time? As you've grown through your career, how do you manage talent that might be older or have a, a quote, bigger resume than you? You talk about Chris Spielman. I mean, that's an NFL player. Yeah, I think it's just the respect thing, like you said, is just coming in with a consistent knowledge of, you know, being consistent with your message. You know, I think those guys will 
over time will trust you if you're consistent in what you're saying and you, you kind of just add critiques here and there. You're not you're not saying, hey, that you need to do this. I think this would offering advice of, hey, I think this would sound better if you went about it this way. Um, kind of, you know, easing into it. You can't just come in and say, hey, you need to change this. You need to do it this way. You need to do it my way. Like they all know that there's certain aspects and certain angles they're going to take. You just have to be consistent with your message across the board and not being necessarily a best friend about it, but also not going about it in a complete uh, demeaning way and saying that, like I said, you're wrong and that you're doing it this way, just offering advice. And, hey, I think it could sound a little better this way. And over time, I think they'll realize and they'll trust that you're doing it. You're from a good place. And over time, that, that trust builds. Um, it, it does take time. Like, I, I won't lie that, you know, if you're somebody I've been here long enough that I think that people know who I am. But when you're coming into a new place and there's guys that have been in, like you said, in the industry 15, 20 years, uh, it does take some time. But like I said, I think the consistency uh, hard work. I think showing them that you're going to go the extra mile for their show and put in the extra effort, um, even if things don't get used. You know, there's things that you may spend an hour doing something behind the scenes that doesn't ever get to air. And just showing that, that you're willing to continue to do that, even if it doesn't come to fruition, I think is, is something that they'll respect. You know, I, I've asked this of a couple of producers over the course of this series. Now, I think this is episode 20 or 21. You know, I do I do daily radio in Burlington, Vermont. And so I'm adjacent to Boston, right? I can say whatever I want about the Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, and it's never going to get back to me because they're never going to hear it for the most part. So I have the freedom to say whatever I want for the most part. When you are in a big city and you are so deep in and ingrained with the teams in that city, how hard is it to – be critical, tell the truth. I mean, I can only imagine the dynamic at your station with all the Deshaun Watson stuff that went on, especially in the offseason for this NFL. How difficult is that balance between saying what you want to say and saying the truth versus not ruffling all the feathers? Well, I think you can't go about it in a way that you think that, hey, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how's the team going to respond to this? Uh, you have to be true to yourself and true to your feelings. We tell our hosts that all the time. We're never going to uh, sit there and, and give you a square that you have to stay within this and say this. Like I want hosts to be true to themselves. I want hosts to be truthful in what their what their opinions are. Um, in saying that, you just have to make sure that what you're saying is factual and what you're saying is not going over the line and making it personal. Um, personal attacks are not something obviously any of us any of us want. Um, and defamation lawsuits are real. So we have to make sure that everything that you're saying is factual and what you're saying opinionated. Uh, but not going over the line and, and saying things that are unfactual. So, uh, but like I said, we don't want our host ever thinking of how the team's going to respond to this. Um, we will have those conversations with teams if we need to as management. Uh, but our host, uh, like I said, if you stay within the framework of, hey, this is just my opinion and we're not saying anything that's unfactual, I think it's perfectly fine. And we don't want them to be anybody but themselves. So I don't want hosts going into it thinking, hey, I can't say this. I can't say that. Say what you need to say and say what, what is truthful to, in your mind, but also know that there are ramifications if you go personal. And, and we don't want that. We've talked to our hosts about personal attacks are obviously something we stay away from. From a, a brand standpoint, from a content standpoint, I got to imagine this is kind of an interesting time for Cleveland radio in that, look, the Cavs are off to a great non-LeBron great start and they're interesting and awesome. And the Guardians got to the playoffs as well and had a good year. And 
the Browns kind of feel like a segmented season, right? Preseason, very interesting. Offseason, very interesting. Week 13 on, very interesting. And right now, I don't kind of know their place. And then there's Ohio State potentially going to play for national championship. How exactly is the content shaking out right now? Yeah, I mean, it's primarily, we all know this is a football town and it will remain a football town. Um, And saying that, you're right, and the Cavs are a talking point. And the Donovan Mitchell edition only makes that uh, even more apparent. And going forward, we're going to need to talk a lot more Cavs than probably we have in the past outside of the LeBron era. So Mm -hmm. um, in the regular season, maybe even more so than LeBron era, because that was kind of just, hey, we're waiting for the playoffs. I mean, as much drama as there was in regular seasons, people were confident in the fact that, hey, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to be one of the top two or three teams in the East every year. So it's a little it's changed a little bit now. Now you're one of those teams fighting for the back end of the top six seeds, maybe in the playoffs. So the regular season becomes a little more relevant. And obviously the new addition of Donna Mitchell throws uh, some extra talking points in there as well and how this team meshes together. In saying that, though, like like you said, this is a Brownstown. Um, we're two weeks away from Deshaun Watson starting his first game. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we'd be mistaken to think that sitting at three and six right now, people are just going to tune out. And two weeks from now, their franchise quarterback is going to take the field and we'll see um, what he can do. If, they can, if there's a chance to save the season, we'll see if he can do it. But fans are all aboard that. And I think that this, the town was really split, you know, when this trade was made. There were, I, I would say, it's, I know it's cliche to say, but it was as close to 50-50 as you can get uh, in this town as far as people that were in favor of the trade and people that didn't like the trade because of all the off-the-field stuff. Um, the Guardians are added to the mix. We'll see what they do this offseason. I, I think it's a – I was talking to the host here. It's a secular thing here uh, in Cleveland. The Guardians can have a really, really good season, and people will all of a sudden jump onto the bandwagon towards the end of the regular season, into the playoffs, and go through that and have fun. But then it's such a long time until they take the field again. They won't take the field again, obviously, until the end of March, start of April again. So there's a lot of time for fans to kind of forget that. And then all of a sudden, the baseball season is really long again. You kind of have to reset that. And I think it's really hard in a town like this for people to just jump aboard for five straight months of baseball and say, hey, we're all in. So I, it's a little bit of an uphill battle for the Guardians. I think they have an opportunity this offseason. We'll see what moves they make. We'll see what they do with their young talent. Um, but in saying that, the Browns never have to worry about that because that's something that people are locked in 24-7, 365 to this team. It's a football town. Columbus is not immediately adjacent to Cleveland. Where does Ohio State factor into coverage and interest? Because when I think of Ohio, I think of Ohio State encompassing nearly the entire state. Yeah, it's interesting. Coming up here, I didn't know how to take Ohio State like, like you. I thought, you know, there's plenty of Ohio State fans, but – it's such a Browns and pro town. How much college football talk will there be? And it's sparingly there's been, you know, I think the college football playoff has probably helped every single market that has any bit of college football interest because there's those uh, conversations towards the back end of the season that you're constantly worrying about where you sit in the top four. And with that changing going forward with the expansion, uh, we'll see how that changes. Well, it is an interesting thing because I think people are locked into Ohio state, but I don't know how much they really talk about them during the week I think it's more hey let's get to Saturday watch them play Saturday and by Sunday Monday you're 48 hours removed from that Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's more of just the like I said the the college football playoff ranking kind of thing of worrying about where and waiting till the end of the regular season it's a little bit like the LeBron and the Cavs I mean that Ohio State has become so much of we expect you to get here now let's see what you get when you get to that Big Ten championship game and into the college football playoff I think the expectations have been something that are probably I'd be curious to know how it's been in Columbus. I know they're 24 seven Ohio state talk down there, but I think a lot of fans over the last, since Ryan day took over and even urban Meyer started that 
is that, hey, we expect to be here now. I think they've almost built unrealistic expectations in a way that during the regular season, we all expect them to win every time. And if they don't, that's when the talking begins. What is your advice to young or new producers? Uh, my advice to young and new producers would just be to spend every waking hour that you can. I know it's very hard, especially if you have a family. Um, it's very hard to not to balance your time. And we, I think we all can recognize that. Um, but you have to go all at it uh, 24-7 as much as possible when, when you're young. Um, you have to go with the mindset of, hey, guests are great, but really put in the effort behind the scenes, trying to get creative with things, ideas, um, other angles that your show can take. Um, doing the research behind the scenes, providing your host with as much possible material as possible and over-preparing. Um, like I said earlier, when you were talking about gaining respect from your host, that's the biggest way is over-preparing, making sure you have your host have every single thing they need and more. Um, and it's really hard, like I said, to live this, but you have to kind of make yourself available um, and knowing what's going on 24-7. I mean, it six o'clock at night, if you're sitting at home, uh, you better be looking at your email and checking your email, uh, making sure that if you have guests coming in or you're trying to book things for later in the week, staying ahead of the game as much as possible, uh, especially during the important seasons like this, like football season is important basically everywhere. Um, staying ahead of the game. Um, don't get behind because it'll just complicate things. Uh, that was something I learned from a very early point in my career is that the longer you wait and procrastinate on things, it's just going to set you even further behind. So the more you can plan ahead, uh, the more you can get ahead with that kind of stuff, it's going to help you. Um, over, like I said, mentioned third or fourth time here, over preparing is the key and just making sure that you have everything you need to try to make yourself and your host successful. I'll get you out of here on this, on that note, you talk about over preparing and, and I agree with it too, but there are hosts that, it's not that they don't welcome other voices. It's that they're very protective of their, it's their show and their names on it. It's their content. They want to be doing everything. So how do you find that niche when you have a host like that, who is, you know, tends to take on things more themselves? Yeah. I think it's also important that, like you said, there are plenty of hosts out there that really don't want that thing, things done a certain way. Uh, they want it done their way and that's completely fine. But I think it's also your job as a producer to challenge them and I think it, smart hosts recognize that, that they need that challenging from other people. And they may not be it may not be obvious that they're accepting that challenge. But I think deep down, they know that they need that challenge and they invite that challenge. And I think as a producer, that, like I said, that's part of your job is to challenge your host, um, whether that's things done in a different way or whether it's other viewpoints brought up. I think it's important that you do that in a meeting. It may not be important while you're on the air. You don't want to certain hosts like that. Certain hosts don't like that being challenged while they're on the air uh, during breaks and whatnot. But before the show, you better challenge them in every angle possible. And I think that only makes them better. It makes you better because then you you recognize that, hey, maybe I need to go this way with this sort of talent. Not all, all talent can be directed in the same. You can't manage everybody the same. And I know we like to say that you manage people the same, but you can't. You just you have to recognize that certain people's personalities invite that and others don't. and They shut down. Um, but I think it's upon you to find the best ways to challenge each each host um, in their own way. And I think that uh, in doing that, you'll you'll be a better show for it. All right. I want to thank Keith Britton from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland for stopping by. A lot of really good stuff there, especially about how to earn the trust of your host, especially when you are young or new and how to handle things when your host doesn't necessarily want or think they need your help. Also enjoyed hearing about the actual market of Cleveland because there's a lot going on. And yeah, the regular season for the Cavs becoming more meaningful than it has in years. So excited to see what 92.3 The Fan does 
moving forward content-wise. That was Keith Britton. We'll see you on the next episode of the Barrett Sports Media Producers Podcast. You don't want to believe it, but maybe the show is over. Thank you for listening to the Producers Podcast. To enjoy past and future episodes, check out iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and BarrettSportsMedia.com. 